the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. So call in, we'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and much, much more. Show dedicated to getting you to retirement. Kicking, screaming. There's new studies out about retirement that are alarming and sad all at the same time. More than four in ten Americans think they'll have to work into their 70s or 80s because they can't afford to retire. I can't even imagine working in my 80s on a desire. It would be the worst case scenario. One in ten people expect to toil into their 80s, while 32% expect to have a job into their 70s. On average, most people expect to leave work at 68. The mean age of those already retired is 59. So I dedicate me, this show, to getting you to retirement. One of the things I could do to help is to try to cut down on mistakes. Pretty wild day out there to look at. And what I mean by that is there's some stuff going on that it's kind of freaky. Um, in years and years and years of studying the stock market, I could tell you that the stock market winning streak, and it is on a massive winning streak, it will eventually end. So let's take a look at the market numbers. The SP 500's down one, the Dow's down two, the NASDAQ down one. Ten-year treasuries moved pretty aggressively in the last two weeks, from the one six level to the one eight level. It gets a lot tougher to make money when there's a move up. It's actually moved down, talk about yields, but ultimately, when the ten-year treasury gets to three percent, a lot more people are going to be saying, you know what, inflation's two to four, I'll take that three. So they're not going to take the risk of the stock market. I've got a newsletter that I'm publishing in about an hour and a half. If you want to get a copy of it, send an email to me, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. And or go to my webpage and sign up under the visitor sign up, robblack.com, where I explain a little bit about the melt-up in the stock market. The S&P 500 has been up 56 out of 88 trading sessions so far. That's unprecedented. It's not the, the, the most extremely rare thing, but it's pretty darn close. You know, years and years of studying the market, years and years of being inside the market, I'd be nimble. I would expect a pullback at some point in time. It's been a very long time since we've had a notable sell-off. Very long time. So know that it's going to happen. So what's happening today? First and foremost, overseas action consumer prices increased in China. China's number two economy, they're important. 
a little bit above expectations. Pork price is down 6.5%, though. So some areas of consumption are more expensive. Some areas really aren't. Bank of Korea unexpectedly cut their interest rates. This follows the cut from Bank of Australia and the cut from Poland. There's a quote that I read this morning that was pretty, pretty telling. And ultimately what it was is Fed Bank of Philadelphia President Charles Plosser said it's disturbing to him. More and more is being expected of central banks around the world. We're expected to solve all the world's problems. Our fiscal authorities are not doing a very good job in any country. Wow. So I'm going to be doing an event tonight. Tonight in Pleasanton, fresh off of a haircut. Thursday, May 9th, Sheraton Pleasanton Hotel from 6.30 to 9. It's a workshop explaining what you can do to build a retirement portfolio that's going to last decades. Strategies tied towards saving for retirement in a low interest rate environment. already said 4 out of 10 retirees expect to work in their 70s and 80s. When right now the average age of retirement is 59. That's pretty shocking. So you got to cut down your risk with diversification. We'll talk some bond alternatives, retirement products. It's an all-new event. You can sign up at robblack.com. It's robblack.com and or. And or. If you've never been to an event before, I'll give you 50% off. But that's only if you've ever, never been to an event before. Drop me an email, rob at robblack.com, and I'll give you a coupon code. Uh, but again, it's 10 bucks. It's 10 bucks to park. So literally losing money. Okay? So if you're one of those people that have been to 5 to 10 events, don't even bother. Um, Tesla. Let's get to the U.S. markets. Okay, let's do first initial jobless claims decline to 323,000. That's a five-year low. It beat expectations of an increase to 335,000. So this, the labor market is giving us signs of improvement. Do I like it? It's okay. Am I going to jump up and down? No. We largely knew the back half of this year was expected to get better. There's a risk of what's called a melting up scenario. And what I don't like about that is that's probably going to hurt some people. So far this year, we're up 16% on the S&P 500. Look at the calendar, folks. That's, we're not even halfway done with the year. 14% on the S&P 500 plus dividends. So there's a risk of a melt-up. Positioning price action policy in a range-bound economy. It can conspire for an overshoot where we're waiting for something better, but watch out for any bad news because that could spark a sell-off. Tesla. Stock's going crazy today. If you're a regular listener to the show, I'm not a big fan of Tesla. I love their cars, but they're expected to make 21000 this year, and it's a company with a $7.9 billion market cap. Heavily shorted stock. I do something called I don't play the Civil War. Some people love the stock. Some people hate the stock. Elon Musk, an entrepreneur who runs the company for 10 years, has not had a profit. Today he had a profit. One of the areas where he was able to make a profit is he says, look, if you put your deposit in now, we'd appreciate it. <laughs> Uh-oh. Last year they lose $89 million. This quarter, last quarter, last year's quarter, $89 million in a quarter. This year, they make $11 million. They reported revenue of $561 million on record sales of 4900 of its top-of-the-line Model S. Now, what's really interesting, and we're going to talk about this, the Model S got a 99 out of 100 consumer report score, saying it's just as good as any damn car out there. Some people like me buy cars based on consumer reports. 
In the United States, you may have to, you may save two hundred to three hundred dollars a month in gasoline and relative to electricity costs if you're a daily driver. Obviously, in Europe, that number would be doubled because gas is twice as expensive. So, love the car, but it manufactures cars. Toyota's numbers were just as impressive to me. They reported great numbers. Their profit rose to $9.7 billion. That's a lot more than $11 million. Now, again, Tesla stock is the sexiest damn stock on Wall Street right now. It's up 21% today. 52-week high. Green Mountain Coffee, who a lot of people thought was going to go out of business because... um, A lot of people thought they were going to go out of business. I've lost my time. Uh, thank you. Um, people thought Tesla, uh, I'm sorry, Green Mountain was going to go out of business because Starbucks. Well, guess what? They announced a five-year deal with Starbucks last night, and the stock's going crazy. Shorting stocks right now is not paying off. Green Mountain Coffee Roasters up 11 bucks a day, up 18%. Got a good show for you today. Got a new newsletter going out. You can subscribe to it. It's free. Send me an email, rob at robblack.com. Going to go over the market highs. Going to go over one of my favorite stocks, one of my favorite trends. Got an event coming up tonight in Pleasanton at the Sheraton Hotel, 6.30 to 9. It's a building a retirement portfolio that lasts. You can sign up for that at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. HD Digital Traffic GPS. For more traffic information, log on to SidAlert.com. I'm Karina Velasquez with your Bay Area Traffic. What can you do to avoid running out of money in retirement? Find out how to build a retirement portfolio that lasts in an upcoming workshop with Rob Black and CFP Chad Burton. They'll show you what you can do today to build a retirement portfolio that will last for decades. You'll learn steps you can take to reduce risk, strategies to help you save for retirement in a low interest rate environment, ways to minimize your tax burden in retirement, and more. Join Rob and Chad at the Sheridan Pleasanton Hotel tonight from 6.30 to 9 p.m. and see how to reduce risk through diversification, which bond alternatives and retirement products make sense with today's low interest rates, which asset classes belong in your retirement accounts, and which should go in your taxable accounts, how to rebalance your portfolio in retirement and create a tax-efficient distribution plan, and the right way to use funds, ETFs, and dividend-paying stocks. Register for this event at robblack.com and join Rob and Chad at the Sheraton Pleasanton Hotel tonight, 6.30 to 9. Sign up now at robblack.com. And that's a Bloomberg Market Minute. If you're lost in a zone, or you're sinking like a stone, carry on. May your path be the sound of your feet upon the ground. Carry on. Carry on, carry on. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money. On AM 1220, KDOW. I'm Rob Black. Trying to get you to retirement. That's my goal. I try to look at the business headlines for you while you're driving. Try to get you not fearful and afraid of the markets. You know, we're a long way from that massive pullback in 2008 that had a lot of people freaked out. But a lot of people jumped out and they never got back in. 
I never jump out. I never really jump in. I look at my options. My only option is to go long, to accumulate wealth, to do it wisely, to buy when things are down, to let a little steam out when things are up, to look at the headlines and say, like, Tesla Model S amongst the best reviewed. Hey, that's great. Facebook in talks over a billion dollar deal. That stock's been publicly traded for a year. Facebook's in advanced talks to acquire Israeli mobile satellite navigation startup Waze for $800 million to $1 billion. Due diligence is under the way. Waze uses satellite signals from member smartphones to generate maps and traffic data, which it then shares with other users offering real-time traffic info. Facebook's going to go head-to-head with Google. Facebook's going to go head-to-head with Twitter. Facebook's going to go head-to-head with just about anyone they can. They're a big company, and stay big. They're going to have to be aggressive. Let's take a look at the market numbers. And again, I'm doing an event tonight, and I do hope you can come out. You can sign up at robblack.com. It's in Pleasanton at the Sheraton. It is an event geared for understanding how to build a retirement portfolio that lasts. There's more information at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. It's 630 to 9 in Pleasanton. The SP 500's down 3, the Dow down 13, the NASDAQ down 5. Welcome in, CFP Chad Burton. I want to talk a little Justin Bieber. His popularity is hitting an all-time high. He's incredibly sheltered. Also hitting an all-time high right now is desire for real estate stocks, companies like Rheology, um, companies like Centric 21, Silver Bay Realty, um, all IPOs in the last year, Nation Star Mortgage, um, American Residential Properties, Aviv Reed. Um, some home builders have recently come public. Sign of froth that could end very, very badly. Bieber, all-time high, and he's cocky. He's going through airport security without a shirt on. I'd short Bieber. I'd short Bieber, too. And I'd short I, Taylor Swift. I'd short Bieber. I'm a little, like, nation started mortgage. Stock's up 150% in the last year. Real estate and property offerings are up 40% in IPOs. Is that a sign that, like, it's too enthusiastic right now? Here's another sign. I heard a radio person... Um, a finance show where the guy said, well, it's, a, it's, it's one of these REITs. It's a um, mortgage REIT, okay. which essentially, you know, you've you got to do the loans, you package them up, you sell it. They use leverage. But he said, but these mortgages are backed by the government, so essentially they're very, very safe. I tell you what, you get a, a jump in interest rates, the Fed starts to exit the bond buying program, and anything that's leveraged that's tied to a high income could fall 10 to 20% in a week. So there is froth there. There's froth in U.S. basic commercial real estate altogether right now. Um, RWR, which is a typical ETF that kind of invests in the overall REIT market, um, pretty high P-E ratio, historically low dividend yield right now. Um, the good thing about the commercial REIT industry is that you don't have – you didn't have the, the give loans to anybody that can breathe type of a scenario. Um, so the thought there is that eventually they'll recover and the income can go higher. Um, but there is some froth. I think that people ignore looking outside of the U.S. So, for example, the, the U.S. only REIT index, and all a REIT is, remember, is a publicly traded stock. They, they deal with real estate or mortgages. And what makes them a REIT is they have to pass on 90% of their net income. That's, it's a different type of structure for a corporation. There's RW, I think it's RWX, which is... Um, yeah, it's the International Real Estate Index. 
Um, and you can see the comparison on the, on the two of those where you have still a higher yield. But at the same time, it's, um, you've got a rising U.S. dollar at this point in time, and, and overseas the, their currency is falling, which makes it something that you might want to average into. But there's some higher yield potentials that, are, that could be uh, had overseas when it comes to real estate. So there's a trend right now where real estate got hit pretty hard during 2006, 2007, 2008, 2009, 2010, and there's been a recovery. I think it's gone a little bit too far, and we see it in the issues market of what's coming to public in the last year. Very similar to there was a trend in the 90s on the Internet, and then every mom and pop, you you and I know people who quit jobs, six-figure jobs, so they could start a dot-com, and they were too late. Mm -hmm. They came late to the party. There was already too much froth. Um, it's something you have to be very, very cautious about when you see, like, um, I saw Phoenix real estate up 40% year over year. Now, again, it's still not where it was in 2006, but people are speculating. Be careful chasing speculation. What's interesting is it's the cash buyers right now that are coming in and and creating the multiple bids. Uh, So it's not just people that could breathe and get a loan. So it's a different type of, uh, again, we're not anywhere near where we were. So there's some ways to go. I'm hearing the man on the street wants real estate. That's what I'm getting at. And like, Justin Bieber is surrounded with people who just, they're yes people. You're the greatest thing ever. You can do whatever you want. You know, you're, you're all that in a bucket of chicken. And real estate, you're surrounded by people who are like, yeah, real estate always goes up. It's a great investment. You're using other people. To, like, they, they throw out this unrealistic world. I just think both spiral out of control and both end badly unless you do your homework. Be very cautious about real estate. Treat it like a liability. Don't treat it like an asset. And realize it cycles. I mean – 10 to 13-year cycles. So every five to seven years, you get a pretty decent correction in real estate. Um, it just tends to be more painful uh, because it's a leveraged asset, and you get scared when there's leverage involved. So if you're going to do it, do it the right way. Have plenty of reserves. Put a nice amount down so you have positive cash flow. We kind of switch from REITs, which you can buy you know, in your portfolio, to residential real estate or rentals. So it's two different animals. Um, both are attractive. You know, back to REITs, though, Rob. Sure. We used to talk about this, and we always used to say, well, you want 5 to 10% of your portfolio in REITs. Well, now REITs, because so many investors started investing in them, these companies started to grow and eat up and merge, now a lot of the indexes that you buy own REITs inside of it. So it's, sure. not just as, it's, it's not as important now to go out and own a REIT mutual fund or a REIT ETF as it was in the past, because now they're a part of the indexes. So things change. That is CFP Chad Burton, Certified Financial Planner Chad Burton. We're just trying to make you think. You can find him online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And again, I'm Rob Black. To meet me and Chad Knight in Pleasanton, going to be doing an event dedicated to retirement issues and building a portfolio that lasts. You don't want to be 80 years old and not have enough cash flow to cover your rent or your mortgage or your groceries or your drugs got a newsletter that's coming out later this morning. You can get a copy of it by dropping me an email, rob at robblack.com. Or if you're on the email list, you'll get it. It's rob at robblack.com. But tonight, going to be building a retirement portfolio that lasts. You can sign up for the event at robblack.com. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. 
Welcome in, Rob Black. In your money. Anything that you want to talk about, we could talk about. Something that's interesting to note is I'm always trying to understand the stock market. I'm trying to understand other people's concepts of the stock market. I listen to corporations. I listen to hedge fund managers. I listen to uh, buy sides analysts. I form my own opinions from what I'm seeing out there. I do nothing but research. Uh, Warren Buffett is someone that I pay a lot of attention to. I've got the transcript from his basically four-hour interview on CNBC. If anyone wants a copy of it, it's worth reading. Um, drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. Rob at robblack.com. And anything that he talks about, like he talks about real estate agents. Interesting. He talks about international markets. He talks about you know, how he gets preferred shares in deals. Talks about cash flow. Talks about the future. He basically comes out at it and says that Pimco and Bill Gross's opinions don't mean anything to him. I dig that kind of confidence enormously. I hope you do as well. Mother's Day is right around the corner. And it's something you have to pay attention to. My radio station does deals. You want to support the station? Buy some of our deals. 50 bucks of spa for $25. It's in Fremont. It's the Body Clinique Salon and Day Spa. The Body Clinique specializes in massages, airbrush, tan sessions, facials, rotation therapy peels, and much, much more. So KDOW is offering a half-off deal. $50 gift certificate for $25. While supplies last. Now, again, if you're going to get a massage, you might as well pay half off. In my opinion. You can sign up for this at kdow.biz. It's kdow.biz. It's $50 for $25. And again, I highly recommend the products that Body Clinic sells. They use Avita products uh, or Avade, if you want to say it correctly. So go to uh, kdow.biz. It's kdow.biz and get the half-off deal for the Body Clinic Salon and Day Spa in Fremont, California. To get your calls in there, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Now, earlier I mentioned that I'm doing an event tonight in Pleasanton at the Sheraton, building a portfolio that lasts your lifetime. There's a lot of companies that I follow. I follow very, very closely. Swift Transportation is one of them. In their recent conference call, they indicated that customer sentiment is still pretty good in spite of all the macroeconomic noise, elimination of payroll tax holiday, the sequestration, Europe, weather, etc. Okay. That's good to know. Transportation company. They're delivering goods to companies. McDonald's says people aren't necessarily eating out, though. Consumer confidence continues to waver. The informal eating out industry is either flat or declining in many markets around the world. That was McDonald's conference call. So they said high unemployment rates, ongoing austerity measures in Europe, soft macroeconomic conditions. So that tells me stay away from low-end restaurants. Not necessarily high-end restaurants, low-end restaurants. Or at least be cautious General Dynamics, big maker of weapons, they said, in general, we do not see a sequester as a significant threat to 2013. Most of our sales are in our backlog. Boeing's got nine years of backlog. Tomorrow, Boeing can go out and say, you know what, their 787's having another problem. We've got to take it off the market again. 
it may hurt the company, but they got nine years of backlog. Great company. So you've got to study a company's backlog. GE, a little bit more cautious on their conference call. We'll have to wait and see how the year plays out. It was down about 14% on our quarter on revenues. They're a little bit worried about priorities at the Department of Defense. Things aren't firm, and they may cut some of the, the services. That is true. Some of the budget issues will get chopped out. Now, Fannie Mae today came out, and they started to pay back the Treasury. That means we're not going to run out of money, at least till October. Now, again, it's not party on. Party on, Garth. Darden. Olive Garden. When I need to lose weight, I eat at the Olive Garden because it causes me to not want to eat again. They say the payroll tax increase is hitting them, the spike in gasoline prices, the more severe weather. Again, McDonald's kind of said the same thing. AutoNation says the U.S. can totally handle more hawkish fiscal and monetary policy. AutoNation, maker of cars, seller of cars, they said bright spots in housing, energy, and automotive says this tepid recovery is going to be moving into a phase where it can stand on its own two legs. Fiscal policy and monetary policy become less supportive over the next two years. Economy can still grow 2 to 3%. United Technology says construction is basically solid. So anything tied towards the construction, materials markets, I'm good with. Not anything. Don't say Rob Black said. The housing and commercial construction markets are improving. So says United Technologies. J.P. Morgan says actual mortgage activity is weaker. Revenue was down year on year, quarter on quarter, driven by mortgage banking. So the companies like Wells Fargo, I want them to have a run. But if J.P. Morgan's telling me that you know revenue is down, costs are coming out maybe, I'm going to be a little bit more cautious. With that said, I do like the banks, and we do need them to lend. Pentair says that we're not anywhere close to raw goods inflation. Pentair is a big mining part of our economy, global economy. They said that it's a good indicator that there's not going to be a lot of commodity pressure, not a lot of commodity pricing pressure, so we don't think inflation goes higher from here. They're telling me more about inflation than they're about commodities. Freeport, McMoran, Copper, and Gold, they don't fear a slowdown in China. They said, certainly not seeing any diminishment of demand for our copper concentrates that we ship there. Chinese growth is likely to drop over time because the growth levels in the past were extraordinarily high. Even with slower growth rates in relation to what the industry could produce longer term, it still indicates a very positive outlook for copper long term. Copper is an industrial metal. Gold is a cosmetic metal and a hedge on inflation. So I'm going over what companies are telling me from their annual reports. Goldman Sachs says underwriting activity is just okay. Debt underwriting activity continues at a robust pace. A lot of deals need to get done before Memorial Day. In large part because bankers go on vacation. We haven't had a great M&A year. We've had a good M&A year. Kimberly Clark remains bullish on Chinese moms. Now that's one of those concepts that you're like, did you hear this in a conference call? Yeah. Chinese moms are like moms anywhere else. They want the very best products for their babies. They talk a lot about their little emperors in China, where parents really sacrificed a lot to provide the very best for their children. That hasn't backed off a bit, so says Kimberly Clark. Kimberly Clark makes huggies and pampers and things like that. I don't know if they make huggies and pampers. They make one of the two. But they make a lot of diaper products. 
And they said, those children are their future, and they're going to invest in them and make sure that they can be as well-educated and as healthy and as strong as possible. So we have a future. Goldman Sachs says underwriting activity is just okay. already hit that one. Johnson Johnson seeing big bucks during flu season. Absolutely. Now, flu season, who else does that deal with? CVS. CVS is be a big play on Obamacare. Johnson & Johnson, maker of, of, of No More Tear Shampoo, toothpaste. They said, if I can say that in quotes, a healthy cold and flu season from our perspective. So what's bad for you and me is good for Johnson & Johnson. Coca-Cola says that it's fully hedged against the yen. Coca-Cola is a play on foreign currencies. Coca-Cola is a play on foreign markets. They said in their conference call as four currencies, we remain fully hedged on the euro, the yen, the sterling for 2013-2014. We do believe that the weaker yen will ultimately be beneficial for the Japanese economy. IBM says currency fluctuations took a bite out of growth. They said they entered the quarter with a modest currency headwind, but became more pronounced due to currency movements over the last 90 days. You will always have currency risk. It's a risk that you really can't quantify very well. Chipotle says they're getting some mixed results. They said if we do anything, it won't be before late summer or early fall. It seems like the economy is off to a great start, and then every time, about this time of year, during the spring, we get a little bit of weakness. So anyway, anyhow, CSX says it best. They're a train company. We're going to see a slowly recovering economy, nothing more than that we've seen here over the last year or so. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. I've got a couple things. I've got the full transcript of Warren Buffett's interview earlier this week on CNBC. It's worth a read. Drop me an email, rob at robblack.com, rob at robblack.com. I've got a newsletter coming out in a little bit more than an hour. I still have some time to sign you up for it. It's free. It comes out typically around seminar time. So I try to get a lot of work done so that I'm prepped for my seminars. Talking about market highs, talking a little bit about a trend investment, a stock investment for the long-term patient investor. So send me an email, rob at robblack.com. Then, of course, we've got the one, the only building retirement portfolio that lasts. Tonight, Sheraton Pleasanton Hotel, 630 to 9. I'm going to have a fresh new haircut. If anyone wants to come out and see that and touch it, it's real. It's not a toop. looks like a toop, not a toop. And we're going to talk about reducing risk in your portfolio. I'm going to go over 10 to 20 stocks that I think are great names in market corrections. Not great names at market highs, great names in market corrections. So you have a shopping list. You'll learn how to reduce risk tonight with diversification. You'll learn bond alternatives. Bonds aren't yielding enough to beat inflation. I'm a sucker for the hey-hos in songs. Anyway, you can sign up for the event, Rob. Black.com. It's robblack.com. If you've never been to an event before, send me an email, rob at robblack.com. It'll get you 50% off. It's $10 to park. It's $10 to get in. We pay for the parking. Send me an email, rob at robblack.com. Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome back in. 
Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Hello, my name is Anxiety. You have to control your fear. You can't say it out loud. You've got to act cool even if you're not cool. Some people are afraid the market's going to go higher without them. They're not greedy. They're fearful. What if it goes higher and I don't own it? They get greedy. They double down. They start using margin. They do stupid things in an up market. This is a market that and ultimately I like. I, I do see upside. Not instantaneous. We've had too many up days on a percentage basis. I like letting a little steam off along the way. The retail investor in large part has not been a big participant, so says data from uh, Money Flows. Activision Blizzard released earnings, and they lost 1.3 million subscribers in the last three months for their World of Warcraft. That still leaves a very healthy, very healthy 8 million plus. Plus, they've got something called League of Legends, which has 30 million plus players a month. And, you know, you're not just looking for subscription fees and subscription list fees. Video games are an investment. There's a new push for consoles later this year. Could they be plays? Absolutely. We've got that game, uh, oh, good golly, as soon as I want to start quoting in the game. Oh, Grand Theft Auto V coming out. And many, 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 many years ago, Senator Clinton said, you know, it's it's shameful that they've got codes that you can unlock and see nude women. And it made the game sell more. Like, woo! Nude video game women. you got to understand how, how some of this works. Some of it's story-driven. Some of it's earnings-driven. Chipotle is a great story. Fast food that's fresh. Like, whoa. You like it. But there still is a valuation assigned to it. The one that I keep going back to today, again and again and again, has got to be Tesla Motors. They reported their first profit in 10 years. Last quarter this time last year, they lost big money. Almost $90 million. This quarter they make $11 million. The company's got a $7 billion market cap. In the end... I'm looking at how many cars can they deliver. They think they can sell 21,000 Model S vehicles by the end of the year. Then Consumer Reports comes out and says, you know, great things. 99 out of 100. That number can go higher. Tesla looks like a company that's gone through puberty, starting to enter adulthood. They're maturing in terms of sales. They're maturing in terms of brand. If you go to Southern California, L.A., people are driving Teslas. It is the chic car. In the end, it still it still has a valuation that you have to look at. I'm not. I'm not one to go crazy or gaga over car companies because most of my life, car companies have been awful investments. After they restructured, they changed their unions. They've become more interesting. I've always said things like the bonds of Ford and General Motors, probably pretty good comparatively to the stocks. But once the unions got it handed to them, everything changed. So Toyota comes out this morning. They say they earned $9.7 billion. Intriguing. 
But again, don't get too caught up. Don't get caught leaning one way or the other. It's just not worth it. Some other stories to note today. Green Mountain Coffee, up huge. Starbucks started a partnership with them. A lot of people thought Starbucks was going to basically stop doing business with them. It's the Keurig coffee, instant cup of coffee. It's gaining traction. Partnership for five years. Now, that doesn't mean the deal stays in place. doesn't mean that Starbucks starts selling Keurigs in their stores. It could. Group, and again, will I buy Green Mountain? Typically, when stocks pop after a short squeeze, the shorts had something there. Like with Tesla, the valuation was very, very high for a company who manufactures something. You know, at the current pace, it would take Tesla about 100 years to be profitable, uh, to pay off their market cap. Group Green Mountain Coffee, huge pop. Am I going to chase it? No way. Groupon, first quarter profit of three cents a share. Revenues exceeded analyst expectations. Huge pop. A lot of people expected to go to zero. Microsoft today named Amy Hood the head of finance for its office division, its new CFO. That's going to create an opportunity to come in and become a little bit more shareholder friendly. Monster beverage in the news right now. Fewer Americans are drinking energy drinks. The consumption levels are going lower. For the first time in a trend, it's broken an uptrend. They say that they're going to have some uh, negative impacts from foreign currency. Sony, they had a profit. Yay, first profit in five years on an annual basis. Microsoft's considering offering $1 billion to buy Barnes & Noble's Nook. Now, the funny part about it is Barnes & Noble's worth about $1 billion. So, it's going to be considered, right? It has to be. One thing that I saw today that I would not vote for, but I wish it were true. John McCain, senator from Arizona, he's going to introduce legislation as early as today that would overhaul the television business. It would allow us to do a la carte basis versus the current system, which you've got to buy large bundles. Instantly, CBS, Fox, and ABC said, if that happens, we're probably going to take our, our, our free TV and put it on pay TV. It's a law of unintended consequences. A la carte television would help a lot of Americans would want. Because why get 900 channels when you're only going to watch 10? Why is everyone in America paying for ESPN when not everyone in America watches ESPN? Don't forget, i got a big event coming up tonight. i got a newsletter going out later today. The big event tonight, you can learn more about it at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. It's the Sheraton in Pleasanton, 639, building a portfolio to last through retirement. Sign up at robblack.com. Rather than owe any taxes at all, the earned income... Since 1935, GNC has... Strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you. At 800-516-1220. So call in, we'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. This is one of those special days, and by special days, 
on these special days. Got a big seminar tonight. Going to be in Pleasanton at the Sheraton Hotel from 6.30 to 9. Building a retirement portfolio that lasts. You can sign up for it at robblack.com. CFP Chad Burton and myself will go over building a retirement portfolio. I'm going to go over 10 to 20 stocks that I think you can buy on dips that you can accumulate. One of them is Disney, for instance. Do I think it's it's untouchable? Pretty close. Does that mean you should go out and load up the truck? No way. Going to talk about other companies as well. Chad's going to go over you know alternatives to annuities, alternatives to bonds. When rebalancing makes sense, how you should do it. We've got a lot of content. He's going to talk about it today during this hour. Because joining me right now is CFP Chad Burton. Rob, how are you? I'm well. How are you? Good. We're not actually in the same room. Yeah, the it's, ma- it's kind of odd. The magic of radio. <laughs> With that said, uh, good day on Wall Street. Not really, but we've had many, many a good day on Wall Street. and. Every dog has its day, and it's time to take a little bit of a break. Maybe. Do you agree, disagree? I don't know. I think you said it um, pretty clearly yourself. You've got kind of a melt top, and I think any corrections of 5 to 7% will be met with buying while you have central banks around the world trying to help pump these, the economies around the world, you know, help pump it up, help get asset classes like stocks to be more attractive than asset classes like bonds. So, Which is weird. It is it is really weird, and the issue is is that, you know, are our bond markets going to be like junkies? They're going to get addicted to this. Our investors going to be like junkies and get addicted to this. This could last a decade. We don't know. Um, and theoretically, if the economies get going, Rob, then when you're printing money, giving it to the Federal Reserve to buy bonds, eventually those bonds mature, they could give it back to the Treasury and pay down debt. So there is a way, there is a window. There's There's light at the end of the tunnel if... We could get you know governments on track around the world over the next three to five years to you know get rid of the ridiculous austerity issues, right? You've, you've got to flatten out spending. You've got to cut where you can, which most of it is not cuttable. Things like Social Security, Medicaid, and uh, get con- spending under control and get focused on growth. And what's good about this melt-up, Rob? Yeah. Government may be out of the way for for possibly the rest of the year because. When you have this growth like you have, and this is when the economy works, the government has had increased revenues. The IRS has had increased revenues. So we, not, we now are probably not going to see the debt ceiling issue this year. It could be early next year. But, so we could enjoy a year of actual true gridlock that you and I really, really like on uh, Capitol Hill. Now, one of the things that you mentioned about that is Fannie Mae is paying back a large chunk of change to the Treasury. Mm-hmm. And this feels a little political. They book an $8 billion profit. They're given to give $59 billion back to the Treasury. Treasury now has funds to basically operate the government and not hit a debt ceiling. That's what that's all about. Yep. Uh, Warren Buffett's issuing a billion dollars in bonds, basically shorting bonds. That, it's telling you, it's telling you, like, you got to go elsewhere to get a return on investment. That was key. So, so Warren Buffett has the ability to sell bonds and you know, use that as a shorting position. Most people don't have that ability. But this is a guy that goes out and he says, you know, bonds aren't worth buying, but he goes out and issues them five to 30-year notes as a way to essentially short the bond market. It's almost like, you know, Apple says, you know what, we're going to issue bonds instead of bring our cash from overseas, and the interest that we're going to pay on bonds after taxes is less than we're going to pay on the dividends on the stocks. So 
Go ahead. Yeah, it's just it's some genius financial engineering, really. I mean, I, I will likely I'm not going to short the bond market at all until the Fed is out of the way. But you can bet that once the Fed's out of the way, that rates will trickle up, which will be good for the economy. It means that we've recovered. Um, but bonds are going to go through a tough period. I've put together a 62-page document of Warren Buffett talking with Becky Quick over at CNBC. Um, it's worth the read. Oh, I'm not going to say everything the guy says is gold, but it's pretty darn close. If it's not gold, it's silver. Yep. What's your opinions on uh, Buffett and him being 82? Are you going to miss him? Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, you do get a gem every time he speaks. Um, there's a new kid's book out by Warren Buffett, too. Have you seen that? I have not, and I don't even want to talk about it. Uh, it's, it's my first Berkshire, so they go A through Z, right? So here's a quiz for you. If we're going to look at a Warren Buffett book on Berkshire A through Z, what does, you know, every, every letter stands for something, so what does D stand for? D? Yep. Diamonds. Dairy Queen. There you go. Okay, so what's G stand for? Well, Dairy Queen, let's talk about it. Let's okay. not just do a stupid back and forth. Dairy Queen to me stands for, he makes ice cream for that he sells for 4 to $5. It's yogurt, frozen yogurt, which costs about 10 cents to make about 100 servings. Yeah, and then it's pumped full of air, right? Right. <laughs> so just like McDonald's, if you have a milkshake, any, any of these places, if it actually just, you let it melt in the cup, it's, what, three quarters full because it's pumped full of air. Yeah. Anyway. Selling some air. So what's got G, a couple, what's G got stand a, for? Geico. You got it. You got yeah. it. Thank you. <laughs> You're killing me with your bad Gabe show. <laughs> you Geico. always do it to me. I'm just getting back at you. Oh, no, no. Explain why you talk about Geico, though. It was one of the very first insurance companies he placed a bet on. He loves insurance because insurance companies really don't lose. They charge a lot of people a lot of money. And, you know, if you use your claims, he raises the prices on you. It's pretty darn genius. Yeah, and you have to be specific in insurance companies now because insurance companies, to have high ratings, need to have a very uh, conservative bond portfolio, which is interesting when you're talking about Warren Buffett because insurance companies, they, they get income from where they're holding their reserves in high-quality bonds, and that income is much lower right now, so it's, very, it, it's a very interesting industry. Is it worth you commenting a little bit on Groupon, a little bit on uh, some of the big stories today, Tesla? having just these huge moves up because of short squeezes, uh, Green Mountain as well. I say when you have a short squeeze in a stock and you see that it's a very significant short squeeze, take some profits. Okay. Anything else you want to talk about? You want to talk about the seminar tonight? Yeah, tonight, you, you know, you were also talking about REITs. We had a conversation about REITs, and I had mentioned that uh, uh, REIT investors, you know, you used to have to go out 10 years ago if you wanted REITs in your portfolio. These are publicly traded companies that they deal in, in real estate and mortgages. Um, if you're heavy into mid-caps, most mid-cap indexes have about 12% exposure to REITs. So you don't need to get them as much, you know, go out and directly get them. And I would say REITs is, if anything now, I'll show some uh, information tonight showing how valued they, overvalued they are. Um, but it's a very stock pickers oriented market in REITs, so I'd be very careful in that area. With that said, I'm Rob Black. This is CFP Chad Burton. He's going to be taking over for the next hour. But you can come out and meet Chad and myself tonight at the Sheraton Pleasanton Hotel. We're going to be running from 630 to 9, talking really about portfolios, having your portfolio last till the day you die, low interest rate environment, uh, alternatives to annuities, REITs, diversification, bond alternatives, rebalancing. I'm going to go over stocks that I, I care about. I've got some new slides. That's right. I'm using slides for the first time ever. Oh, 
I'm so hating going into the PowerPoint presentation. But with that said, people can sign up at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. If you've never been to an event and want to get half off, it's an email that you have to send to me, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. Otherwise, it's $10, and that's pretty good. Um, Parking's $10, and it's free. So you're with me on this one. Sign up at robblack.com. Stocks are lower. The benchmark indexes are retreating from record. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome back in to Rob Black and Your Money. I'm your host this hour, Chad Burton, Certified Financial Planner. Going to be with Rob tonight, the Sheraton in Pleasanton, talking about really building a retirement portfolio that lasts. So if you've got, you know, really you're kind of that beyond that max notch 401k, the Roth IRA, you're trying to put together portfolios, your, your portfolio is over 100 grand, and you're trying to figure out what should go in it, what should a balanced growth, a growth, a balanced portfolio, what should it look like, what are the different asset classes? We're going to dig more into that. I'm going to talk about rebalancing retirement at the towards the end of it, but it's really what goes into the portfolio. And uh, this is such a good time. I mean, it's, if you are trying to fix a portfolio, if you've done it wrong in the past, the best time to do this and make sure you're doing it right in the future is when you're at market highs because you have profits. And when you're younger, it's not that big of a deal. As Rob mentioned, some, once in a while you let some steam out. You're not trying to time the market, go in all out. There's nobody that can do that successfully. Nobody. And if, you know, this is a perfect year, an example of that. If you've got some of these managers that I hear on TV, on radio, and they looked for reasons to be out of the market, if last year was reasons, or this, this last 12 months, I mean with the sequestration, with the debt ceiling issues, with elections around the world, there were so many reasons not to be in it, yet we've had one year's worth of gains in the last three months. So timing the market based on news, it just never works. But what you do need to do, especially as you have a large portfolio, is eventually rebalance. You've got to rebalance. But as you age and as you get closer to retirement, you need to look at bond alternatives. And so it's a good time to think about where, okay, where can I pull some gains? What has lagged? There is a melt-up right now. Governments around the world are starting to print money. Today we had South Korea's Bank of Korea, and they have an index called the KOSPI index, K-O-S-P-I. It's up 1.2% today. The Bank of Korea surprisingly cut their key lending rate 25 basis points to a record low of 2.5%. Now look at how much room they have compared to the Bank of England, which left their rate on change at 0.5%. 2.5%. They got a lot of room. Now, international has dragged drastically the U.S. And if you come tonight, one of the things that I'm going to show is some of the indicators that you can look at in terms of how international markets perform versus the S&P 500. And there's something that we look at because at our firm, New Focus Financial, we see where can we find correlations that can help us kind of say, okay, where do we want to take some gains and, and, and where do we want to put those gains? Is it small cap? Is it mid cap? Is it international? Is it emerging markets? 
one of the things we look at is S&P 500 price to sales of, first of all, what you have to do is you have to take the S&P 500 price to sales ratio and divide that by the MSCI index price to sales. And you get basically a line on a chart, right? But if you map that against the three-year price performance of the MSCI index, you kind of get a direction, a future direction of international investing. And it looks very, very impressive. So people are so caught up in the S&P 500 right now. And so many companies make, what is it, McDonald's, about 60% of their income from outside of the U.S.? This is where the middle class is. This is where people are starting to spend a lot of money. You can't forget about your international stocks. If you're trying to rebalance your 401k, your initial pie chart that you create, you look at five and ten year average returns. You look at the consistency of the returns. You look how long the managers or the management team has been there. And you make your long-term decisions based on that. But eventually your portfolio will get out of whack. Right now your U.S. large cap, your U.S. small cap, U.S. mid cap is probably higher than what you initially started at. So you need to rebalance. Where do you rebalance? Well, look at, this is the only time you look at the one and three year turns. When you're buying, you actually want to look for the negative ones. What hasn't done so well in the last year? Not necessarily negative. It's not like emerging markets are down. It's not like international markets are down. It's just that they've been flat compared to the S&P 500. That'll eventually change. You're seeing signs of bottoming in Europe. I had a couple of uh, international managers, one from Scout, one from Royce, on the Monday evening show over the last month. Both think that the, what's going on in Japan is not just an induced rally by the government. They think it's here to stay and that you could have a long-term melt-up in places like Japan. The rice manager was talking about small-cap stocks in developed markets looking very attractive, yielding 2.8%. So a lot of things you have to look at. You can't just kind of say, I'm going to buy the S&P 500 and forget about it. I think it's a major mistake, especially after it's rallied to a high. I'm not saying sell it. I'm saying take some of your gains redeploy it. Stay invested at this point because, yeah, we're going to have 5 to 7% corrections, but I think that, that we're going to see the market uh, pundits out there and even eventually the individuals that are out there saying, oh, I've missed out on it. i got to get in. So, can't fight it. Eventually, though, you're going to have to make even bigger rebalancing decisions as the Federal Reserve exits the bond buying strategy as interest rates start to tick up. So, Two things. You're going to have to be more vigilant as an investor over this next five years, and you're going to have to get used to more volatility, especially if you're investing for income, because you can't get all the income you need out of just bonds. You've got to get it from stocks, and you've got to get it from bond alternatives, which if you go tonight, I'll talk about several bond alternatives. But all of them include looking at your bottom line of your portfolio, and you're going to, it's going to fluctuate a little bit more. You have to be okay with that. You have to get into the idea of, well... If I'm going to get income from stocks, stocks pay quarter, typically quarterly dividends, some of them biannual dividends, some of them annual dividends. And if the chart's down this year, you know what? I'm still getting paid to wait until three to five years later when the chart's higher. So you're going to have to get a little bit used to more volatility in your portfolio going forward. And tonight I will talk a little bit about REITs. Um, I really think that REITs is a stock picker's market. I, I, I don't really like being in a REIT indexed fund right now. Uh, because when I look at REITs as a whole, um, and I tell you what, if you want to email me this 
a request for this, I'll, I'll email it the chart. It's a, you know, we use Bloomberg Terminal. It, and, you know, if you want to pay two grand a month, you can have a Bloomberg Terminal sitting on your desk and you run all sorts of charts that you want. And, and we look to things that are sometimes overvalued. And you can't really look at P.E. ratios on REITs because of the way that they're taxed. You have to look at things like price to sales, um, other items like that. And almost everything that we see is well above the highest end of the mean. So if you look at things like uh, price versus EBITDA, price versus sales, price versus cash flow, all of those are well above the 10-year high in terms of you know, the median, where they should be. Meanwhile, the dividend yield is at really a historical low if we look back over about 10 years or so. If you want to get your calls in there, 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. you want to meet Rob Black and myself tonight, 6.30 p.m. at the Sheraton, just sign up at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back. This .org. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome back into Rob Black and Your Money. I'm your host this hour, Chad Burton, Certified Financial Planner. Rob and I will be together tonight, though, at the event, How to Build a Retirement Portfolio That Lasts. Really, just how to build a portfolio that lasts in general. We're going over a couple of different allocations, everything from a balanced portfolio to a, a growth portfolio, and what belongs in it. And really, after about 250000 or so, you should add things like alternatives, which I'll talk about here in a little bit. And uh, one thing real quickly, number of Americans filing claims for unemployment benefits dropped to its lowest level in nearly five and a half years. It's interesting to watch these numbers because you do have this kind of shadow jobs of, of this just-in-time hiring. You remember when we started hearing about just-in-time inventory? The same kind of thing in hiring, the amount of people that are doing contract work now and how those numbers are accounted for. Now, the next thing we need to see is, is, is a you know, drastic increase in hiring and really an increase in what's called the velocity of money. So what the Fed's been doing so far is supposed to you know, pump money back into the system. It's supposed to make small businesses want to borrow to grow and banks want to lend. That's just not happening yet. It's starting to. I'm starting to hear trickle signs of it from clients that I have that are in the, the lending industry. I'm not talking about your mortgages. Yeah, mortgage applications up again. But we're talking about businesses that want to strategically borrow to grow, not just load up on a bunch of debt, but really they want to expand. And uh, there's a lot of cash out there, and it's going to have to go somewhere. And thesis that I've been working on that we're just about to act on is this uh, idea of international small caps because there is so much cash on balance sheets out there right now. It's at an all-time high. Balance sheets of corporate America extremely healthy. We're not anywhere near where we were in 2007. It's quite amazing, really. And U.S. companies are having a top-line revenue problem. They're not growing the top line. They're growing the bottom line. So you have your revenue, then you have all your expenses, and then you have your profit. That's a simple way to look at it. And revenue has been flat. We might even see a decline, a slight decline for this next quarter in revenue. But still an increase in earnings because of companies cutting costs. They're paying less interest, and they're leaner and meaner than ever before. So, you know, like I've mentioned before on the show, Chambers from Cisco said, we're pretty much going to have to buy the revenue growth. Not, he didn't say it in that words. I don't have a quote in front of me, but he's talking about 
having to do acquisitions to you know grow the top line it could be a theme going forward and because a lot of this cash from US companies is overseas you got to make sure you have the ability to target overseas some interesting news out of China today that shows it's more and more difficult to understand what exactly the numbers are coming out of China and uh, it's a long-term good investment if you're investing in the basic idea of the consumer growth in China. It's not a situation where you're investing because companies are outsourcing to China, and it's not that anymore. It's really the consumer base in China. So I would say go with more of a overall Asia fund, especially a Southeast Asia fund versus Pacific China fund at this point. I've got both, and I'm probably going to be exiting the China one just to go let Asia specialized manager figure out how much he wants in China because – I'm just about fed up with trying to understand what the heck is coming out of China at this point. Between the consumer base growth and the ghost towns and the, and the government involvement and the, these crazy wealth management products that make the banking industry over there look a little bit odd, I'm, I'm done worrying about it on a day-to-day basis. Now, one of the things, too, I wanted to talk about is Social Security and your portfolio and how to make that last and how you should think about it. So people under 45, don't even count on Social Security in your financial plan. If you or your financial planner is running a financial plan for you and they're assuming that Social Security is going to be there when you're 65, it's, it, it might be there, but if it is, it's going to be replaced by higher taxes. So 45-year-olds should not count on Social Security. It, it can't, we can't afford it as a population to stay this, the way it is now. So think about that. But people over 60 really need to focus on maxing out Social Security. And the way that you do this, especially as a married couple or even as a person that's healthy and you're going to be working, you might need to look at ways if you're healthy and you're going to live a long time, you think you're going to live past age 80, 85, you might be putting off your Social Security. And one of the tricks that you can do is if you're a married couple and um, let's say husband's older than wife, husband worked, wife stayed at home raising the kids for a period of time. And so typically when you're a married couple, the person that didn't work as much, they either get half of the working spouse's Social Security or their own, whichever is greater. And one of the tricks that you can do is file based on your own Social Security and then switch to your spouse's Social Security later on if it's bigger. So we've had spouses that where husband and wife, they, they both retire. Husband files and suspends Social Security at age 65 or age 66. He doesn't take it until 70. Meanwhile, wife takes her Social Security based on her earnings at 62. And when husband kicks in his Social Security at age 70, the wife switches over. And you can literally pull an extra 150 grand over your lifetime out if you do Social Security the right way. It should be part of your overall financial plan. Hey, look, though, if you're not a healthy person... You're 65 years old, retiring, you have an age 75 life expectancy, hey, just take it while you can get it. But if you've got longevity in your family, you need to think of ways to max that Social Security out. need to think of ways to max it out. All right, so let's talk about a portfolio. Let's talk about really an overall uh, balanced type of a portfolio. Now, I'm going to talk about alternatives in this, in this kind of pie chart. If you can kind of just, as you're driving down the road, you don't need to exactly remember the numbers. If you want to, you can listen to the podcast. 
You just go to iTunes, type in Rob Black under the podcast section. You can always download the show that way. And if you want more specifics on it, you can join Rob and I tonight at the Sheraton in Pleasanton at 6.30. Sign up, robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Balanced portfolio, what does it look like? So if, if you're going to get a situation where you've got, you know, about 45% defensive and 55% growth-oriented, what does that look like? And I'm talking about larger portfolios because in this pie chart I've got alternatives. Alternative investments, which I'll mention in a little bit, you don't really want to kick those in until about 250000 or more if, of your overall investable assets. I always got a little bit of cash in portfolio, so I'm going to have 2% in cash. I'm going to have 5% in Treasury Inflation Protected Bonds or TIPS. I'm going to have 9% in international fixed income. This is an area where people forget to invest, international bonds. And this is what I like is bond fund managers that specialize in good corporate debt overseas, and sovereign debt, that means you know, government debt of a lot of countries overseas, especially many emerging markets that don't have much debt at all. That's the safe debt. 29% U.S. fixed income, but I'm not owning any long-term treasuries. All of my durations in my U.S. bond funds are under six. So duration, if you don't know what it means, it means interest rate sensitivity. If you don't know what your duration of your bond fund is, you're not doing enough homework. You need to go to Morningstar.com, punch in your ticker symbols, and figure out what the duration of your fund is. If it's over six, I would say sell it, reinvest it in something else. I'm not saying sell bonds altogether because while the Fed's behind this, bonds are okay. It's just being in the right type of bonds. So moving on, I've got 16% in large cap, 6% in mid cap, 4% in small cap. We've got 17% international. So yes, 17%, even in a balanced portfolio, which is somebody in you know 50 years or older. I'm still doing 17% international because there's a lot of value overseas, and that's where the middle class is growing. Then I've got 12% in alternative investments. So what are some alternatives? Some of them I'll cover tonight in more detail. Things like master limited partnerships. Now, master limited partnerships in general, these are stocks that are publicly traded. Don't ever buy these things from somebody that – don't ever buy REITs that are non-traded, like private REITs, garbage. Don't ever buy oil and gas deals that you can't get out of. These are just publicly traded stocks. The problem is, is you invest in them. Companies, and if you watch CNBC, uh, a company called Oneok, O-N-E-O-K, they advertise all the time. It's a publicly traded master limited partnership. I don't know why they advertise so much, um, because it's one of the more expensive ones. But what master limited partnerships, these are companies that deal in things like oil and natural gas, and they ship it. They ship it through pipelines or they store it. Now, this is a big business. You're wondering, with this big decrease in oil prices, why you're still paying more at the pump? Well, it's because of the lack of refineries that are in the United States. And it's costing more to ship it. We're getting more North America energy independent. And these things are a little bit expensive right now, but I think the multiples could be pushed higher. Got to realize, though, that these things yield about 6% which means they're sensitive to interest rates in the short term, and they're also sensitive to the price of oil movements in the short term. Um, but what's nice about them is most of the dividend is return of capital. They're taxed really. It's very difficult to explain how they're taxed. Most of the dividend is return of capital, not currently taxable. The problem when you invest in these things directly, you get what's called a K-1, which comes after tax filing. You're always filing an extension. They're very difficult to understand and how to file them. There's new funds 
out there. They're set up as C corporations that, that allow you to invest in these things and avoid a K-1. The fees inside of them are really difficult to understand. If you go look at the stated fee structure, it looks like 5%. That's not really how it works. So that's one thing to consider, a master limited partnership funds. I'll talk about also managed futures. Going in uh, the old style were, you know, REITs and basic commodity funds. REITs, again, are part of most mid-cap indexes and mid-cap funds. There's, there's a lot of REIT exposure there. Commodities, you're always depending on the commodity prices to go up. And everybody says, well, commodity prices are tied to inflation. They're really tied to real return, real interest rates, rather. That's basically what are your interest rates minus your inflation. That's very flat right now. Talk a little bit more about it after break. Get your calls in there, 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Sign up for the event tonight at robblack.com. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. After five days of records for the S&P 500 index, a pullback going to be climbing our way out and how, that's, how that is going to play out when there's so many things that may be beyond our control. The S&P 500 index is down. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. And I radio station. Welcome back into Rob Black and Your Money. I'm your host, Chad Burton, Certified Financial Planner, for at least this hour. Rob and I will be together tonight, Pleasanton, Sheraton, 6.30. Did I say at the Pleasanton in the Sheraton? I meant at the Sheraton in Pleasanton. At 6.30, talking about building a portfolio that lasts. So a lot of the other events, we either do Money 101 or a retirement boot camp, where you're really trying to calculate the cost of retirement, for example, the ins and outs of, of expenses that you're going to deal with, real specifics on taxation, on creating a you know income stream. This is really on digging deeper into the portfolio side and discussing some of the things that as you build wealth that you need to add into the portfolio. And some of those are alternatives. Now, the traditional alternatives that you've seen over the last decade are REIT funds and commodity funds, both of which have become part of a lot of indexes. And a lot of commodity funds, like if you have a Oppenheimer Real Return or PIMCO, type of a commodity fund, you're really depending on two things. You're depending on tips, Treasury Inflation Protected Bonds, to do well in the direction of commodities to go up. And that's very unclear in terms of what's going to happen with commodities over the next three to five years because of all the money pumping around the world. People say, oh, well, that's going to cause inflation, and commodities go up when inflation goes up. That's not necessarily true. From our homework, we found that commodities... In general, in commodities you deal with everything from gold, nickel, palladium to grains, soybeans, coffee. It's all in there. And in terms of what's going to do well, it's very, very unclear because they tend to, as if they all move up at the same time, it's when real interest rates are moving up. Real interest rates are what are, what are basic interest rates out there. Let's say you look at the 10-year treasury minus inflation. And if that number is trending higher commodities tend to do well. And right now, it's just pretty much flat. So the new alternative that you're hearing about out there is what's called managed futures. And managed futures funds used to be only available to high net worth investors. These were people with over a million dollars investment, and they really run like a hedge fund where you've got a management fee plus a profit fee. And now they're becoming more mainstream. And in a managed future, inside of it, you can have currencies, commodities, and equities, but they don't invest directly in those areas. They use futures. Now, what are futures? They're 
Futures have been around forever. They're a very simple way to hedge on a direction of something or bet on the direction. For example, you've got farmers that sell their wheat to Kellogg's. And think about how long it takes to sell those crops. Now, if they're trying to hedge against falling prices, let's say everybody has a really good crop and there's a ton of supply out there, well, the prices are going to drop, so farmers might hedge against that. Or they might hedge against the downside if you have a really bad season of weather and things like that. So farmers are some of the best commodity traders or futures traders out there. Now, what's good about managed futures is that they can pick and choose different commodities to invest in, whether it's gold. Whether, let's say if you have a managed futures trader, they think gold is just going to trend up or specifically trend down. They can use futures to, to basically win in either direction. So as long as you have a, a commodity or a currency trending in a specific direction, either up and down, they can do well. And tonight I'm going to show a chart where if you would have had these types of managed futures, non-correlated assets in your portfolio, you could have done even better than just a basic balance portfolio over the last decade. So over the last decade, you should have still averaged a decent rate of return, even though we had a big correction. If you would have had a balanced portfolio and you've continued to rebalance and stick with it. Managed futures, since those funds are, it's an alternative asset class, the, the, the fees have gotten cheaper, they're more generally out there. They're going to be another way as you build wealth and you're looking for alternatives to stocks and alternatives to bonds, something right in the middle, it's something that you need to think about. So we'll talk about that as well. Another thing, again, I want to point out that if you, if you own bond funds, just do your homework. It's not something that you need to sell right now at all because you can still get some decent yields. And really, that's that safety if you have a surprise event, a surprise headline event. And every three to seven years, you have a 20% correction in the market. So one's coming. I don't know exactly when, but one's coming. And you can't know when. You can't trade against it. You can't say... Well, no big deal. I'm just going to put stop losses on my stock because here's what's going to happen. If you buy a stock at 100 and you put a stop loss in at 90, you don't want more than a 10% downside, and you have a flash crash issue based on a headline, and all of a sudden that stock's trading at 75, your stop loss is going to trigger, and the next buyer that's out there is going to buy your stock at 75. You just got hammered. And then you're, what you're going to do is you're going to look back at that trade and say, well, gosh, that's already gone back up from 75, back up to 90. I would have bought more at 75. I wouldn't have sold it. So that kind of stuff just, just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Other alternatives that are out there, though, that, that can help people that are building larger portfolios that want to take some of their gains but don't want to be out of stocks and be in bonds and add to their bonds is things like hedged equity. There's certain funds that are out there that are easier to access now that They'll mirror the S&P 500. They'll sell covered calls to create a little extra income. And they'll also use that extra income to buy some puts to protect on the downside when the market's looking frothy. So what that does is, well, it'll get you about 65% of the upside in the long run and only about 40% of the downside in the long run. Those are all the other alternatives that are out there. So as you build, as you get past that kind of 250000 mark and you're trying to look for other ways to say, gosh, I don't really want to buy bonds yielding 2% right now. I want to buy, I've just got a lot of stocks already and I've had a big run-up. What do I do? Things like that, that's when you look for some alternatives that are out there. Also tonight, we'll look at other things that are out there like no load, no load, variable annuities. I don't like annuities with the loads. That guaranteed income for life options that are out there. Now, 
The fees are high, so it's not an alternative to stocks. They're an alternative to bonds that looks attractive over the next three to five years, but you're going to want to get out of those as well once you see 10-year treasury at about 4%. So we'll talk about that tonight. And if you want to sign up and look at a portfolio that lasts, go to robblack.com. It's tonight at the Pleasanton in Sh- at the Sheraton in Pleasanton. Rob Black and I will be there 630 to 9. Robblack.com to sign up. Thanks for listening. Please tell a friend about the show. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.